0: We this. We got to read this. We got to read this. <laughs> oh, I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal
1: with it. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions. We've got answers. Or at least we'll search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus, and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix culpa" by King's Kaleidoscope. All right, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back in to Fluent Grace Podcast. We are at episode number 16. 16! Inching our way closer to the goal, which I think we said was around 5,000, so Mm. it may take us a minute, but we are going to get there. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing grand.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, yours truly, Tim Wilson and Tyler here today.
0: We're two celebrated fathers, day after Father's Day.
1: Yeah, that's right, having a special Father's Day edition of the podcast. Uh, We kicked out all members of the show who are not fathers. The Colin. The Colin is not here today. Uh, he is, I don't know, studying something. I think he's in school. So, what is he going to school for? Uh, physical therapy. Mm. So he's so in a that. foot massager. Or? <laughs> Can you imagine? Like that's your job? You just got to massage people. Oh feet. my gross! Crusty <laughs> 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 toenails. I, you know, I'd live under a bridge before I did that. Uh. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's three jobs that just totally wig me out. That's one. Uh, cutting people's hair is number two. Uh, That's so
0: gross. I agree. uh,
1: and then number three is a dentist. I mean. Teeth
0: wouldn't bother me as bad, but like, oh, maybe if you got some nasty ones. Do you
1: ever look at the pictures that are hanging up on the wall of the dentist's office? Yeah, I couldn't do
0: it. (laughs) I can name a few other jobs. That would be pretty rough. Yeah, name a couple. Um. (laughs) (laughs) A labor, labor and delivery doctor would be pretty rough. Um, the, I, um, what do you call them? uh freckle doctors uh skin doctors (laughs) what do you call those uh dermatologists (laughs) skin doctors dude like could you imagine someone coming in with like a big hairy mole like
1: one of the one of the guys that goes to church with us is a dermatologist oh Uh, mad respect for them
0: they deserve every penny they get
1: he's he is very well off too you'd have one
0: i'd have one person come in with a mole with hair growing out of it i'm like i quit i'm done i'm (laughs)
1: done in the middle of the appointment you just walk out. Yep, I'm done. Yeah. I just Not love the it. fact that you called him a freckle doctor. Yep. Uh that's what I'm going to call him from now on. <laughs> Circling back to haircuts though. Do you get your hair cut like at a barbershop or something or how do you do that?
0: Actually, um we have a I have a a girl on our community group, one of my friends' wives, who is a hairstylist and she cuts hair my hair at my house. So she comes oh, to my, my house. Goodness. And for cut, free it would be she says do not pay her but i will not allow that yeah, because yeah. she's awesome and so shout out to meredith lee um at actually, i don't oh. even know where she cuts hair <laughs> she cuts hair at some salon in town you should look her up meredith lee yeah um she's the bomb yeah and she only does yeah. home hair appointments for me only so sorry
1: yeah everybody else has to go to the shop that tyler doesn't even know where it's at
0: that's true i don't very nice <laughs> i think
1: is it It might be Salon 501, maybe, probably not. I don't know. Meredith Lee. Meredith Lee, look her up. Everybody look it up. Shout out. If we can get that salon to sponsor us, you know. You should all go visit
0: Meredith Lee and give her a huge tip.
1: So I go to this place that uh, it is not at my house. Like, I actually go to the salon to have it done. It is one of the most awkward times that I ever have to endure because every time I go in there, it's all a bunch of old women getting, like, their hair colored and their hair's all wrapped up in foil and you know it's horrible. It's horrible. The things that I have to hear about we they were talking one time about having to do hair on a dead person. Oh my gosh. Oh Lucille, she kicked the bucket. <laughs> and like they were talking about how they had to style the hair and That's fix so the hair on a corpse. Oh gross. And I'm just sitting there like, guys. Can we talk about something Can
0: we else? talk about your foot bunions? <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, we'll pass on that too. But, you know, I I have no interest to engage a bunch of old ladies at the salon and their conversations. So, anyway, it's weird and awkward and I don't like it. But for whatever that was worth, I think we were talking, this all got started because we were talking about physical therapy. Um, so, anyway, uh, I would rather be a physical therapist than do any of those things. So, Shout out
0: to the Colin.
1: Yeah. Hey, the Colin is about to be making a whole lot more money than either of us are. So. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. That's
0: not hard to do, though, the Colin. Yeah. You the could Tyler be a and the
1: Tim are, uh, we're not exactly rolling in it, but hey, welcome to ministry, right? We That's don't right. do it for the money. So uh, just to, uh, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but we had our favorite Instagram account like another one of our posts. What What account? Was it the Mormon account? It was not the Mormon account mississippians? no. uh it was the cat. the cat, the cat. Uh, so it's her friends out in seattle. uh where were they from?
0: they have to be like from some i think it was california. Uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Made, california. It has to be somewhere out there on the west coast.
1: yeah, california. so star the cat, i think that's the cat's name, uh 60,000 instagram followers liked <laughs> one of our posts. so
0: elisa rouse is this really you? <laughs> are you are you the <laughs> undercover cat lady in california?
1: <laughs> really i don't really care who it is i just want some of their followers so hey send some of your followers this way and we will stop hating on cats as much um so again we must be doing something right if we are uh getting the cat population to like what we're doing either that or we're doing something terribly wrong one of the two
0: if we get a thousand followers tim will get a lip ring (laughs) true story
1: false (laughs) I was expecting you to say something like, if we get a 1,000 followers, Tim will go get a cat or something, at which point I would say, yeah, absolutely I will. I'll get a cat. If we
0: get a 1,000 followers, y'all heard it first, that Tim will get a cat tattoo (laughs) on his chest.
1: I'll get my 4-year-old to draw a cat on my chest with a Sharpie. Does that (laughs) count? I guess that'll work. There you go. All right, I commit to that. Uh, Nothing more, nothing less. So, anyway... What are we talking about today? Uh, what are we oh, talking I about? Oh, I know. We we uh, gave a little tease last week. Uh, we're talking about why God allows trials and temptations. Mm. Uh, but before we do, we've got to get a little, uh, uh, little content in here where we're passionate about something. Uh, so how about this? Do you ever hear those people that say you can do anything with your life? Oh, my goodness. Like, literally, you know, tell a young child, you can do anything you want to do.
0: Biggest lie ever told. Well, maybe not ever told, but it's a pretty big lie.
1: (laughs) It is. And that is such an unpopular statement, right? We're probably going to lose all six of our listeners just because we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest. I think that's part of what's wrong with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They were told as a kid, hey, you can do this. So they pursue it.
0: and They're entitled to their mama's opinion. Yeah.
1: How about these people that, uh, you know, they're young and um, they like singing, but they can't sing worth anything. So they don't go take voice lessons to get good at or anything. They just assume that they were told they can do it, so they go and do it. And they get to be in, you know, high school and college and go sing in public. My mama told me my spiritual gift is singing.
0: (laughs) Sometimes you should seek a second opinion, an honest second opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, Or what about folks that have, like, zero athletic ability and they're told, hey, you can go play in the NFL?
0: (laughs) Philippians 4.13, Tim. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, my goodness. I can dunk this basketball. It doesn't matter if I'm three foot, four inches tall and could also play a hobbit in
1: the next Lord of the Rings movie. (laughs) I can dunk this
0: basketball.
1: That uh, particular verse uh, quite possibly is the most – out of context verse. Ever we should quoted. do a
0: whole episode on scriptures taken out
1: of context. That would be good. What's one other that you would say right now, top of your head? Scriptures taken out of context.
0: How about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, Tim?
1: <laughs> I know the plans I have for you. Yeah.
0: Plans yeah. To prosper you, to give you a hope and the future.
1: How about Matthew seven one?
0: Matthew seven one. I'm, I'm trying to.
1: Judge not that you be not oh,
0: judged. Oh, gosh. I just
1: threw up in my mouth. <laughs> so there you go. We got three of Can't, them. Can't. Only
0: God can judge me.
1: Anyway, that would be a good podcast yep. topic. We didn't hit uh, that up. That's yeah, scripture's taken out of context. Mm, I got a lot a lot to say
0: about that. Yeah,
1: you do. We'll give Tyler some time to think about it, and uh, we'll circle back around to it at some point when the Colin <laughs> we, is with us. We will
0: guarantee lose every follower that we have. If you enjoy taking scripture out of context,
1: yeah, that's right. But if you are passionate about reading scripture the proper way and reading it in context as it was intended, it's just for you. You know, you might actually get something helpful out of it. So, anyway, speaking of scripture, uh, let's jump into some. How about that? Yeah, what are we talking about today? Uh, Why does God allow trials and temptations? Mm. Uh, This is. Top five biggest questions, toughest questions that mankind asks, and I'm expanding that out a little bit because obviously this is a student podcast, so much of what we say is geared towards students. Uh, but this question is bigger than students. Yeah, we
0: haven't forgotten about you. Yeah, or, or the uh, the rest of you who listen to this. Right.
1: Uh, you know, not? I think our one listener that probably has never asked this question is the cat. The Everybody cat. else has probably asked this question.
0: What is this cat's name, by the way? On Star. It, star. Star, yeah. Star the liberal cat from California <laughs> <laughs> or Seattle or wherever. It's from. And
1: I don't e- star the – and the second word is M-A-N-X. So I don't even know what that word is. Star Man- the manx. The, the manx? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all that to say, the cat's probably the only one that has not asked that question. Um, so it's a big one. Uh, students ask it. Adults ask it. Um
0: I have a three-letter answer. Go for it. S-I-N. Sin for 300, Tim.
1: Sin for 300. Uh, Sin definitely plays a part in it. I would agree. Um, I would say, is sin always the reason for any trial or temptation, though?
0: Is that a trick question, Tim?
1: (laughs) No, it's a real question. It's a real question I would submit that that the answer to that one is no uh sin's not always a reason for it um because Jesus was tempted and jesus was uh tried he under underwent trials and temptations yet yet without sin boom so i I don't think I would go so far as to say that um trials and temptations are always because of sin uh look at job right mm. how about job he was a righteous man according to god and lost it all lost it all I actually
0: mentioned job in my sermon yesterday
1: did you really i did
0: i did We're talking about treasures in heaven and storing up treasures um on earth and the lord directs us to store up treasures in heaven and it's easy to take that passage and we're getting really off track. But anyway, it's easy to take yeah. that passage and like point at wealthy people and be like, this is only for rich folks and mm. mm. Lambos and Land Rovers. But the reality is Job was an extremely rich dude. Oh, yeah. He wasn't enslaved to his riches. Yep. And so, but even what I, to bring this full circle, even when Job lost everything, he says, and I think it's Job 13, 15 or Job 15, 13. I don't know. I'm dyslexic. You're just going to have to go look it up. It's yourself. the middle of the book somewhere. Um, he says, though you slay me, yet I will trust
1: you. Mm-hmm. And so, Speaking to God. Yep, speaking yep. to God. To so. God, about God. So in the midst of his trials and temptations, um, when he literally lost everything, he was still able to praise the Lord in it. I think Job is probably one of the most underrated biblical characters in Scripture.
0: I would love to journey through Job. Like oh, So yeah. at Safe Haven, we go verse by verse through the books of the Bible, yep. and I would love to do...
1: Job. I heard a sermon uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were at this camp up in Michigan uh, where the topic for the week was uh, on Job. The guy did a full sermon based on one of the verses at the beginning of the book that talks about his 500 yoke of oxen. Full sermon, wow. 500 yoke of oxen. It was incredible. Um, wow. So anyway, yeah, so Job is a fantastic uh, study as we're talking about this idea of trials and temptations. Uh, He is obviously one that successfully made it through the trials and temptations um, in a way that honored the Lord. And I think as followers of Christ, that should ultimately be our goal, that no matter what the answer to this question is, uh, why does God allow this stuff, uh, different people will have different answers on it. I don't think that necessarily matters a whole lot. We'll get into what I think our answer should be according to Scripture, but regardless of what your answer is to the question of why... Our ultimate goal in it is to get to the end of the trials and temptations and honor God, honor Christ, bring glory to Him.
0: And another question that we could even hit on, which I don't think we're going to have time today, but does God orchestrate Mm. the suffering? Mm.
1: Yeah. Is He the author of? Yep. Yeah, probably not going to get uh, into the weeds on that one today, but that is an excellent follow-up question. You know, I think of Jesus in going through His trials and and temptations— uh, what was the end result of his suffering? Obedience and bringing glory to God. Okay, so if Christ is our example, then that should be the end result of our trials and temptations. Mm-hmm. Not easy by any means, right? It's easy for us to sit here behind microphones and say, hey, here's what we're supposed to do.
0: Because Jesus picking up his picking up a cross and being crucified on it.
1: Which, oh, by the way, he said that for everybody who follows him, we are to also... Pick up our cross and follow him yep. daily.
0: And to just give some perspective on that, I th- Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says that not only did he pick up his cross, but he endured the joy that was set before him to endure it. And so it says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So not only was it hard but he had the proper perspective
1: of it. He counted it as a joy. Mm-hmm. And here's, oh, speaking of scriptures taken out of context, I don't know if this quite would get to that category, but I think too often we focus uh, that particular verse and say the joy was us. I'm going to go with the joy probably wasn't us. The joy was being obedient to the Father. That's right. Absolutely. Right? And we try to make that about us, right?
0: We always want to put up. We, we want to be the hero. Yeah, and we're not. <laughs> We went like the oh here we go ran again the David and Goliath. Mm. Who is your Goliath in your life? What what do you need to take down in your life? You're not David. (laughs) You're the puny Israelite sitting over there, towering in fear on the sidelines, being L seven (laughs) weenies. If you've seen Sandlot, you're not David. Jesus is David. Stop trying to put yourself where Jesus is. Yep, I'm preaching to myself.
1: That story was not put in scripture so that we could go figure out our Goliaths and try to take them down with the if, if you're, never mind. Yeah. That was good. I, I sense a little passion there.
0: If you're in a church that, said, <laughs> that says, what d- Goliath are you going to tackle? You need to, you need to, um, you just, you need to read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you need to pray. Yeah. 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 Mm.
1: So anyway, back to Hebrews. You're right? not David. Whatever chapter, that, Hebrews 12, I think it was. 12, Hebrews 12, 12? 2. Yeah, 12, 2. Uh, the joy that was set before Jesus and the reason he endured the cross as he did uh, was because he was being obedient to God the Father. So uh, I think in the midst of trials and temptations, our desire should be to honor and glorify the Lord. Um, and in the midst of those situations, we can have joy Um, because it is something that we know the Lord is walking through uh, with us. So he's not leaving us alone out there to try to figure it out on our own. He gives us scripture. uh, He gives us his word. And he sets an example for us. Right? Christ is the ultimate example for how to uh, endure these things. So, you know, again, we haven't quite gotten to answering the question why yet. But I think regardless of why, the ultimate goal is to bring glory to God. Uh, in it so back to why right why does god allow these things to happen i think why is a dangerous question a lot of times because that's one of those questions that you can ask regardless of what the answer is okay so if i if i give an answer to that you can then take my answer and say well why is that the case and then i answer that one and you say well well why you know it's like my four-year-old He doesn't understand a lot of things yet. He thinks he does, but he doesn't quite get there. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, son, will you go and take all your toys and put them in your bedroom? But why, Dad? Well, it's time to go to bed. Why is it time to go to bed? Well, because you need sleep. Why do I need sleep? You know, and that that conversation can be endless. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you have ever been around a young child, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I think we do the same things a lot of times with spiritual things. Right? So we ask a question, and then we get an answer according to Scripture and say, well, why is that the case? Well, yep. then we get another answer, and we say, but but why did God do it that way? Ultimately, we don't know. Yep. When it comes right down to it, there's a lot of things we don't know, and we've got to be okay with that.
0: You remember uh, going back to Job. We we talked about Job. You remember after Job loses everything, he questions. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah. Questions yeah. God. Here's God's answer to Job in Job chapter thirty eight. He says to Job, Job's been wanting to answer from him, Why you why did you do all this? Why is the suffering here? And he goes on to say, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? <laughs> Tell yeah. me, Job, if you have understanding. Yep. Who determines its measurement? Surely you know, Job. I kind of sense like a like this is kind of funny. Like it's oh, almost yeah. comical. Like Yeah, surely, you know, or who stretched the line upon it? Where were you when the bases sunk and where this uh, who laid its cornerstone? And when the morning stars came up, where were you at for that? It's just it's just so good. Mm -hmm. It's like he just walks through the whole creation narrative and he's like, hey, Joe, where were you at when I was doing all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought, Joe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So when we ask the question why and are then not satisfied with the answer uh i i feel like that exact same uh what is that a monologue the exact same monologue that that god lays out right there could be said to us you know well god why did you do it this way he gives us the answer but but why mm-hmm. all right take a step back where were you when i set all this in motion where were you when i created everything where were you when you know fill in the blank um
0: and there's another spot too. I mean, you got a Romans chapter nine, right? Let's mm. let's talk uh, the whole election and uh, election and reprobation. And God creates vessels of wrath and vessels of mercy. We can spend forever talking about that. <laughs> yep. But at the end of the day, what does God say? Who is the clay to talk back to His Creator about what He does? Mm-hmm. Clay doesn't talk.
1: Yeah. So ultimately, all that to say, why is a dangerous question? So, we have to be okay with the answer. I, I think Scripture gives us an answer to this question as to why we go through trials and temptations. I would just caution us not to take the answer that Scripture lays out and then not think it good enough. Um, in terms of actually answering the question of why, I think one of the passages that we need to go to is James chapter 1. Uh, James chapter 1 says. Starting in verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, So there is a purpose stated in that passage for trials and temptations. Uh, The purpose for that is that uh, steadfastness would be produced in our lives.
0: That's good stuff, Tim. I almost had to sneeze.
1: I was watching you over there. You have to let it go.
0: You know, like when you're on the cusp and it's like you want it to come out, but it won't.
1: And then it's frustrating?
0: Yep, and then it just disappears, and now I'm ticked that I couldn't sneeze.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, the goal in this passage um, for these trials of various kinds is uh, steadfastness. The goal then of steadfastness is that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Okay, so that's James' take on it. If you go over then to 1 Peter, uh, looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5, Peter says this, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, there's the same word that James used, Uh, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. So then we've got a full list there of different uh, traits and qualities that are meant to produce something in us. That's good. I think somewhere
0: else we can look too is Romans chapter 8, verses 20 through 23. It says this, Hmm. For the creation... Who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And so, I think one reason why God allows suffering uh, is to remind us that our world is, and our creation is broken, hmm. and it's literally groans for redemption and and restoration.
1: Yeah, if everything was okay and we didn't ever have anything that caused pain or trials or suffering, why do you need redemption? Why do you need anything other than what you already have? Yeah, so, I mean, we'd be totally cool with just living out our life on this planet, um, doing what we do, enjoying the pleasures that that we participate in, and if nothing is ever broken, uh, we don't ever see the need for it to be put back together. And then even in that, I
0: think, to piggyback off that, it reminds the unbeliever – why? Why they need redemption? Hmm. Hmm. So if I'm an unbeliever, if I'm lost, and I have this cancer, and I'm like, dec- my body is decaying, um, it just it reminds me that I need, I need a restoration. I need redemption. I need help from God. Yep. yep. And it's only the Spirit that opens their eyes to truly see that. Um, but but everybody feels the the common brokenness. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better way to put that. Like, so everybody experiences common graces, believer or unbeliever. Mm-hmm. But there's also, on the flip side of that, there's a common brokenness that's shared.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it Ecclesiastes maybe that talks about how um, God makes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, There are certain things, like you said, whether it be grace or whether it be trials, that happen to everybody. Um, none of us are living in a perfect world, perfect situation, Um, and those, um, the broken pieces that we are having to endure are all meant to point to Christ, who's the only one that can put that puzzle back together, you know, if you want to look at it that way, Um, to bring uh, redemption to a creation that ever since the fall Mm -hmm. has been broken. So I guess that would, that even lead
0: into another reason why he allows suffering is to increase our hunger for heaven. So, yeah. so we crave redemption and restoration. And as a believer, we know that it's coming. And so it, it, it stirs us to, to long for what's to come, mm-hmm. a future glory. Yep. And to love the world less because it is broken and everything's subject to what Romans talks about futility. Even the best things here are still broken.
1: What is it that somebody, I I don't know who said this, um, but I think it's uh, it's pretty spot on, right? For the believer, the closest to hell we will ever get is this earth. For the unbeliever, the closest to heaven they will ever get will be this earth. That's right. You know? Yeah, I love that quote. I I, I forgot who said that. That's so good. Yeah, it is. And I think I probably butchered it, right? I didn't, I didn't say you, got it. The, like, you got the. You got the. Message. You get the point, right? As the believer, we have something we are looking forward to, and that is uh, eternity with Christ. Um, it's heaven, uh, not necessarily the perfect world part of it. Yeah, it's going to be great when we don't have to deal with sickness, we don't have to deal with tears and death and cancer and broken relationships. That's going to be wonderful. But the only reason any of that is possible is because we're living eternally with Christ. Um, so the, the joy of heaven is his presence with us even more than the, uh, what we look at as the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. We all want the puzzle to be put back together in the end, but the end result is not the beauty of the puzzle. It's the one that put the puzzle together. Mm -hmm. So then if we're going back to the original question, right, why does God allow these things? We've just talked about how ultimately it is to point to a uh, future time when Christ is to redeem all things to himself, uh, to remind us that we are broken, to remind us that this world is broken. Uh, the I think it's one of the old hymns says, uh, this world is not our home, we're just passing through. Trials and temptations remind us of that. It reminds us that where we are currently at is not the end. And then according to Second Peter, like we said, you've got this list of things that is produced as a result of testings and temptations and trials. And I think this verse 8 here is is pretty powerful. Uh, if these qualities are ours, they keep us from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. I think it, maybe it was last week we talked about, right, our goal as followers of Christ is to live fruitful lives. Right? Mm-hmm. John 15 talks about that. Uh, we mentioned that, just abiding in Him. Uh, the only way we can bear fruit is to abide in the vine. Um, one of the ways that we are fruitful and effective is by allowing these trials and temptations to produce uh, the Christ-like qualities in our lives. And I think that's what this uh, passage in Second Peter is speaking to.
0: That's good you mentioned that because I was about to mention, I think one of the reasons God allows suffering is if you go read Isaiah um, all through Isaiah, but specifically Isaiah 53 is what hit me, my brain. But it talks about Jesus being the suffering servant, right? And so if we are called to, as believers to be like Christ, then why does God allow suffering to make us like the suffering servant? And so it's just a part of your your newfound DNA. Jesus promised, it's not like, when you become a believer, suffering is optional. It's promised. Like yep. suffering's a part that's a part of the job description. It's gonna happen. And so. but the but the flip side of that is is even though that we are called to suffer as believers, and that's part that's part of why he uh why there's suffering, why it exists, why he allows it. Um is that so that Christ will get the glory as being our strength. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I love this. It says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God hmm. and not to us. So at the end of the day, it's, your sufferings not so much. Even if you if you suffer well, at the end of the day, it's not to pat yourself on the back. It's to show the power of God in your life. And so,
1: so what, here, here's a question you know obviously when we think of Christ and his sufferings it is a physical suffering, uh, he endured much physical pain the apostle Paul suffered physically all the apostles for that matter right? I think all but one of them were martyred for their faith in Christ uh, so there, there definitely is a physical suffering these trials and temptations that we're talking about, do they always have to be physical in nature? that's a good question So, for example, um, you know, the sufferings of Jesus, Uh, we think of the physical sufferings, right? The the time leading up to the cross and then his death on the cross. Or uh, in in talking about Job, we think about the, uh, you know, the physical sufferings that he had to endure, whether it was, you know, the boils that he had to endure, whether it was the loss of his kids and, you know, the loss of possessions. Um, mm Mm-hmm. Are there other trials and temptations that would fall into this that are not physical in nature? I would think so. Yeah, th- I would as well. I mean, I'm trying to think some examples. So I would say for me, just a real quick, you know, 60 second. Uh, for me, I've never had to endure any physical suffering, right? But I have. I've had to go through trials and temptations. My work situation for a while was. Uh, I would consider that a trial, because if I had not responded well to that, it wouldn't have brought glory to Christ, and I wouldn't be where I am today. So there was a period of time when um, I applied for a certain job. Actually, I applied for two or three jobs uh, that I really wanted. They were going to get me out of the situation I was in at the time. You know, I thought that was something that you know the Lord was kind of leading me to. But neither of those jobs panned out. And so I was stuck in the same job that I had, doing a task that I didn't like with leadership above me that I didn't necessarily care for. Um, I thought that they were not doing things the right way. And so I had to essentially uh, endure that trial. I think that would definitely count here when James is talking about meeting trials of various kinds. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for me, I had, to l- I had to learn how to navigate that trial in a way that brought glory and honor to Christ. Did I do it perfectly? Probably not. Well, probably not. Absolutely not, right? What do we do in this life that is perfect? Uh, other than turning to Jesus, nothing. Sin. We sin perfectly. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, for me, that was a trial that I had to go through. Uh, you know, what about you? Anything that...
0: Um. I've been trying to think. I mean, I'm, I know I've I've had suffering in the form of not physical, but this one kept coming back to my brain, and it is physical in nature. Um, not so much so with me, but with with my wife. Uh, we walked through. Well, I guess it does deal with me too. But we walked through three and a half years of infertility before Piper, and the mm. doctor was kind of like, "You're not going to have kids, mm. you know," but biological children. Um, and we were, you know, at first. I mean, that, that hurt, um, it really hurt Heather because she, you know, to, I don't want to share her story so much so, but I mean, for a woman, that's a big deal. You know, a lot of women want to be able to experience the, um, having a child in the womb and, and all that. And so, you know, for her, it was very much a physical suffering, but for, for me, you know, it wasn't so much so the physical, um, aspect as it was the mental aspect of it, of, You know, maybe this is suffering where God doesn't want to give you a kid. Maybe you're not good. And, like, this is totally the enemy, you know, getting in my mind. Like, you're not a good enough man to be a dad. Mm. Or um, you're not fit of a man to be a dad. Um, And so I I walked through that, and, you know, it was just the grace. The Lord used the grace of community um, in that season was huge, Um, our community group. Um, speaking the gospel over us, church family, um, through prayer, um, through reading of His Word, and not only His Word, but like uh, just some uh, different books. Like I read uh, one of the, uh, I read a book that helped me phenome- ph- he, phenomenally. I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, I just made it up. That's what we do here. Um, but it was uh, Brandon Manning, who's a, um, he's a theologian. His autobiography um, called All His Grace, and it helped me. Like he talked about in his life how he's just a roaring alcoholic and um, it's just it's a phenomenal uh, biography I would recommend you go read it, it's, it's good um, but he helped me to see that my suffering, the Lord used that book to show me that suffering was like Romans chapter um, that it's Romans chapter 8 talks about I believe where God is working all things together for our good and his glory so not just like the good stuff, but the really yeah. crappy stuff, <laughs> yep. and so really, my suffering that I was going through and that Heather was going through was a grace because it it pulled us into a deeper affectionate with our Father, and so,
1: yeah, and I think that's the main thing that you know that we want to communicate here is trials and temptations often are going to look different for different people, so you can't we can't make the statement that you know all the trials and temptations we're talking about. Are you know physical suffering, or we can't say that you know all the trials and temptations we're talking about are related to job issues like mine was, or related to um, having kids uh, like Tyler was talking about, right? James says trials of various kinds. It's going to look different, but what doesn't look different is what should be the end result. That if we're following Christ, the end result of any struggle. Of any trial, of any temptation, should be to point us to Christ, to help us to see that we are living in a broken world, that our reality is not as it should be. It should help us, uh, it should encourage us to pursue Christ. And then, as Peter talks about, these testings, these temptations, these trials, whatever you want to call them, are to produce steadfastness, which is to produce godliness, which is to produce love. Um, Ultimately, the end result being an effective and fruitful Christian life. And I think that's what anybody that follows Christ would say their goal and desire is.
0: If it's not, you're wrong.
1: That's right. If that's not your goal in following Jesus, you got the wrong goal, and we need to have a different conversation. So anyway, that ended up being a lot longer than we thought it was going to be. But that makes sense, though, right? It's a big topic. It requires a lot of discussion. And and obviously, we didn't hit all of it. Um, There are some really tough situations out there. There are some folks that are going through extremely trying circumstances. Right now, um, there are those that have gone through extremely trying circumstances. And the last thing that we ever want to do is just say, Oh, well, it'll be okay. Jesus set this up, and it's meant to bring you closer to Him. Right. Suffering sucks. It's hard, it does, it hurts, it does. And there is no easy answer for it. Again, like I said at the beginning, we can sit here behind a microphone and, and talk about the you know correct answers. But then as you're going through it, it's a whole new ball game, um, which is why hopefully we're helping to lay some sort of a foundation so that when these things do come up, that we will be able to look to scripture to trust Scripture, to know that we are not alone uh, in these things, and hopefully be able to then get through our time of trials and temptations in a way that honors Christ. Uh, Someone said one time, if you are following Christ, though you have problems in this world, your greatest problem has already been solved. And that's the problem of sin. You know, the, the problem that Tyler started us off on 30 minutes ago. Uh, the problem of sin has already been solved and taken care of because of Jesus' suffering for us on the cross. Because of that, our light momentary affliction, as Paul says, is uh, eventually going to give way to an eternal weight of glory in heaven with Christ forever. So there you go. And
0: and honestly, if if you have the right perspective about who we are in and of ourselves and our sin, the reality that God is gives any grace of redemption and release from suffering may not be in this life, but a future glory of no suffering is a huge grace because we don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. So why? So the question is, why does God allow suffering? I, I think it could be better asked. Why does God give any grace in suffering? Because honestly, we all deserve suffering. Yep. And the fact that he gives grace and it
1: is just unbelievable. Yeah. The fact that any of us have been given any grace for anything is amazing, as the old song says, right? Amazing grace. So uh, that's our content for today. We had intended to get to this question about uh, James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Um, next week? Yep. I uh, look forward to that next week. We will. Will the Colin to... be here?
0: We'll give that one to uh, the Colin.
1: Yeah, he can just have the whole thing. Right, answer the whole question. Uh,
0: 30 minutes of just the Colin with (laughs) elevator music playing behind his voice.
1: I feel like that could be very entertaining. I would love that. Yeah. We're just all going to sit here and watch Colin talk about it for 30 minutes. So, yeah, hopefully the Colin will be back. Uh, So we'll look forward to that. Since he is not here today, that means we are not going to have any kind of world record Oh, no. I know.
0: And a kitten got ran over somewhere just because we're not doing that.
1: Hopefully it wasn't our buddy Star. Oh, but if it was,
0: R.I.P. Star, R- R-
1: R- 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 Star. Star, we love you. Uh, keep listening. If you ever have kittens, make them listen too. <laughs> <laughs> Do your little Southern California thing, and we'll give you a shout out every time you like one of our posts. So. And on that note, what is our social media, Tim? Well, we don't have Twitter anymore, so don't R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, we are on facebook and instagram fluent grace podcast we have an email address it is fluent podcast at gmail.com shoot us a question there and we will get to it instagram uh yeah fluent grace podcast instagram
0: twitter you can shove your fluent grace pod because you didn't give us enough characters
1: that's right it's still out there so if you want to look at a post from like three weeks ago which is the last time we did anything on it you're welcome and to the
0: last time we will ever do anything on it that's right unless we get a thousand instagram followers Tim will post on twitter <laughs> a picture of his kitten tattoo on his chest
1: i'll go post a picture of the kitten that i'll get <laughs> i'll w- hey absolutely all you cat people i will go get a kitten and it will be the best thing no it won't be the best thing that ever happened never mind uh i will treat that kitten very well if we get one thousand listens this week boom there you go notice i said this week you get a tattoo? No, I'm not gonna get a tattoo. I'll get a kitten. <laughs> the kitten's not forever. The tattoo is. I'm 90
0: years old. I got this wrinkly kitten.
1: <laughs> it might look like an alien at that point. Can you imagine what a kitten tattoo? No, would I'd look rather. Like? Let's, we need to end this thing.
0: Let's end this thing.
1: <laughs> oh, go check us out on the social medias. Uh, send us an email. Uh, Be sure you go listen to us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, why don't you do us a favor and subscribe, Uh, leave a review, leave a rating, do all that stuff. Uh, The more you guys do that, the more we can sit around and talk about uh, goofy subjects, the more we can sit around and uh, open up Scripture and talk about weighty subjects. So we like doing all of it, um, and we like doing it because you listen to it. So. Anyway, that's all for this week. We will catch you next week. Gooses. Latest.